Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Hey friends, great to have you again for another podcast of the Inner Revolution. Uh, very excited today. We're doing something a little different. I haven't had a guest on my cast in a long time, so very excited to have a special guest today, John Straparo. And he is uh, he's the owner and the speaker of the podcast Outside Churchianity, which is an excellent cast, out-of-the-box, spirit-filled, relevant. And he's going to talk to us a little bit about what does that mean, Outside Churchianity. Uh, hey, John, it's great to have you today. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. All right. Doing great. All right. I know we had a good laugh a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, John's been a faithful friend for years. A Marine. Army. 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 Yeah. Oops. That's all right. Don't no. kill me. I, no, I mean, I like Marines. They're, they're good guys. <laughs> Army yeah. and faithfully serves on a security force here at Greater Grace. And he's passionate about the Bible. And uh, yeah, so talk to us. Outside churchianity, what's that about? Well, I, I, um, it seems to me that these days we are kind of in a soundbite world. Sounds, it seems to me like that we're so used to the two to three minute kind of banter and then we move on to the next thing. And I love the idea of having long form conversations, finding a subject and really kind of sussing it out, if you will. And really just kind of riffing, thinking it out, speaking it out. I'm not afraid to maybe uh, speak things that might not be 100% true so that myself and my co-host can kind of work our way through the truth of the matter. Mm. Like ask questions that a normal person would ask of a certain subject matter and say, well, it looks like this, but God said it's this. So how do I get from the point A to the point B? And, and how do I fight some of the attacks that the devil has? And I'm not limited to, you know, short form. I really, if it goes an hour and 10 minutes, I don't have a problem with that because I really want to just hit the subject until we come to a place where we feel like we've reached some goal mm-hmm. in the conversation. And it's not for the sake of the conversation. It's for the sake of coming to kind of a complete thought, if you will, on any subject matter that a Christian might run into in their lives. And there are, there's a lot of subject matter that you don't hear talked about a lot in, in perhaps Christian circles or Christian podcasting or, or whatever, or something that you can't do when you're preaching from the pulpit. There's a lot of things you're just not going to do. Right. So, uh, and I never claimed to be a pastor or anything like that. I'm just a guy who's been a Christian most of his life that, um, has gained a lot of wisdom through doing everything that you can do wrong. You know what I mean? Like you've literally, <laughs> I've, I've failed in every way that you can fail in life. And I've learned all of my lessons the hard way. And that's just because that's who I am. Because now once I've learned the lesson, I can speak through experience. I've done it the wrong way. I know it doesn't work. God showed me the right way. Now I'm endeavoring to live the right way in that area. And now I'm reaping the rewards and the benefits of doing things God's way. Mm. So I really love to kind of go through a full conversation and a full thought about something and trying to come to an agreement that, yes, God's way is the right way. Good. And Good. this is why. And this is the pros and this is the cons and this is the 
all the pitfalls that come when you go away from God's word and you go away from God's thinking, which is the most important thing, thinking with God doctrine. And, you know, that's, and I don't want to be held to short form because sure. it's very difficult to have a meaningful conversation and come to conclusions about anything in 10 minute soundbite type thing, you know? Yeah. So, and it's not like we're, we're not buying two inch tape, so it's not expensive to talk. Mm-hmm. It's just, do you have something on your heart that you want to convey to people? And do you want it to line up with God's word and truth so that you can encourage people that, yeah, I mean, people who have been saved for decades still mess up. They still struggle. They still have moments of doubt in their life. And can you get through all that and come back to a place of agreement with God and lining up with God's word? And it's very easy. God makes it very easy with the Holy Spirit, with the word of God, with people in the body around us, encouraging us and maybe challenging us. And uh, my the name of the podcast is Outside Churchianity, but I am constantly trying to promote people getting into the body at the same time. You're not doing church checking off the box on Sunday morning. That's not what church is. Church is the body of Christ, and that should be a daily experience, not only for your benefit, but for the benefit of the body of Christ. And I don't want, I want people to get out of the thinking of what church is. It's just that we, we get dressed up and we smell good and we all pile into the car <laughs> and we go to church on Sunday morning and we hardly listen. And we were looking at our watch because football is coming in an hour. I, I really want people to understand that church is a lifestyle, that it's mm-hmm. every single day to the point where I'm at church all day, every day, because that's what I want my life to be. So. I want to get people out of the churchianity and into the body. That's really what it's about. And I, th- that's part of the reason why I, I like that name, because so many people are living in churchianity thinking that that's what Christianity is. And then when they're not fulfilled by it, they think it's the fault of the church in some way. And that's not, that's not right. Hmm. Oh, I love what you're saying. You said some huge things here were, Going beyond just the sound bites, I mean, I think people that listen to, you know, YouTube or talk radio, they listen for hours and mm. hours of, on, on end about just, you know, important things in one regard, but are you feeding your soul? Sure. So I love this. You're speaking for, to a complete thought. Now, I love the name because especially now with the pandemic, we're into our second year, churches are closed mm-hmm. or slowly reopening the church looks very different now uh i feel like the church has been under a test Mm -hmm. some have done well some have done not done well that's between them and god but uh in light of where we are in the church the body of christ maybe what is the body of christ that term why do we use that term and how do you look at the church today uh you want to be outside churchianity so Mm -hmm. Is it different than it was pre-pandemic? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. How, what do you think about well, that? Well, I think it's kind of a play on words in multiple ways. It's like when I started the podcast, it was mid-pandemic. So I was thinking of it from different directions. Outside churchianity, we've, for the most part, we've been outside the church for most of the churches in this country, right? Or in, even in the world. So that's kind of part of it. But I think what it also does is it, it, it it's probably caused people who are true born again believers to now have to seek out the body of Christ instead of it almost coming to you 
on a schedule, you're seeking out the body because it's for your survival. When, when even our church closed down for a while, we, we still had services online. And then after a short period of time of just doing that, we did the parking lot thing. It was like a drive-in. I love that. Do you remember what the day was that we had our first one last year? Easter. Right? Easter. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. You go six weeks or eight weeks, I forget how long it was, without any contact with the body, basically. Mm. You're locked up in your home. The world is afraid. I'm not a fearful person, you know, but I could see the fear that the world was falling into. And you can lose hope very quickly when you're separate from the body. So what it did was, is it made born-again believers who valued the body to value it so much higher when that started. So that we had a full parking lot on Easter morning. That was one of the greater church services I'll, I've ever had in my life. Mm. And I think it, what it's doing is, is it's separating maybe the wheat from the chaff, I think. It, the people who were surfaced that really didn't care so much about the body, that they just don't want to go to hell. They're, they just want to be saved, but the body doesn't mean much to them they fell away and it was almost like nothing ever happened. They fell into fear and all the stuff that the world's in. But then the other side of it was the people who knew the importance of the body really knew now knows how important the body is to our survival. It's, it's not an addition to our life. It is our life. And as soon as you can separate it from being an addition to your life, but it is your life then it becomes something far more greater. Then, then you get involved. Then you get, then you really do whatever has to be done in order to further the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And if that means you're sweeping floors or mopping floors or taking out the trash or doing whatever. And I have since taken a job working for the church just so that I can serve the body of Christ and protect the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done that a year ago. I was a welder. I was making good money. I, I had a whole different life. But I, I, I really came to a full realization of the importance of the body of Christ during this whole pandemic. Mm. And it changed my outlook on life and it changed my trajectory in life. Amazing. I mean, I love what you just said. It, it can be something in addition or it is our life. I think, I think you're right. I think this time has been a test for the church um, to, uh, to separate the wheat and the chaff. Mm-hmm. And that's up to God. We're not fruit police in one sense. But I am provoked personally that, um, you know, just like a lighthouse would not turn off its mm-hmm. light in the middle of a storm. Sure. The church is that lighthouse. And how many ships have crashed into the shores because the light has been turned off? But I think these casts, I know many casts have uh, really taken off. I'm, we're, we're part of the War Cry Network, mm-hmm. which is a, a group of um, great casters that are dedicated to promote the gospel. Uh, and to make the light pierce into the darkness and to continue. You know, this term, the body of Christ, I think of 1 Corinthians 12, really talking about how each joint supplies mm. really the manifestation, like some are hands, some are eyes, some right. are feet, right. like the, the dynamics of how the church, like you said, is not like I just check my box and now I'm good for about six days, you know, but really it's a fellowship, a relationship, a a communion mm-hmm. where the word of God is uh, is like more precious to me than my necessary food. Right, Absolutely. Job said that. I esteem the word of God more than mm-hmm. my than my necessary food, and um, 
I just think now with so many, you know, now that things are seeming to subside and churches are starting to open, the church looks very different now. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit more apprehension for some. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were in Frederick this past weekend and we met five different churches on the street. So it's amazing. So then there's the other extreme. People are like more provoked, more intentional. Yeah. So what do you think about that? What does the church look like in your thoughts uh, in this next coming year? Well, doesn't God begin in the house that he built? I mean, when he, whenever God is doing something in the world, doesn't he start in the church? Like it says the yeah. judgment starts in the house of the Lord, right? Like he's going to square his His house first. And it, it, it to go back to what you were saying, does the hand say to the foot that we don't need you? Mm. It's like the, the body of Christ is being strengthened. And God doesn't do things without purpose. I believe he's doing this because a revival is getting ready to come. I think we're in a place in this country where people are on the edge of the cliff and they're being faced with eternal decisions. And the church, maybe a year ago, might not have been prepared to be a part of a revival like that. I think we're now emboldened. We're strengthened. We're focused. We've had rest. I mean, nobody can deny that. We've had a year of rest, really, if you think about it. Um, And now God is getting ready to kick off a revival. One last one, maybe, before the end of days. Who knows? But I really do believe that God was maybe getting rid of some of the people who were surface and strengthening the people who were real. And now we're getting ready to go out into the world and preach the gospel like it hasn't been done in a very long time. Mm -hmm. And I think the body of Christ, uh, that's where gifts and callings are found in the body. You're not going to be able to find your, your, your calling and your gift outside of the body living out there on your own. We have to get involved in the body. We have to get around people of the word of God mm-hmm. to be encouraged and to be discipled. You can't disciple people unless you've been discipled, right? Right. So this is what we're doing. We're, we're, we're going after people. And you've noticed, I'm sure, that we're bringing a lot of new people into this church that we didn't have before. Sure. Yeah. Their churches are closed or when their churches were open. They weren't getting fed. They weren't being built up. They weren't getting the finished work. They were getting maybe guilt or whatever. And they come here and they hear that that Christ is on the throne, that the work is finished, that it's already been done, that there's nothing that you've done that you have to live in guilt over. And come on, let's go find some other people that need Christ. Amen. It's that simple, right? Yeah, you mentioned it's been a year of rest. I, I personally... Uh, I feel like it's been my most busiest year. Is that right? Actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, I mean, I get it though. You know, it's restful in some regards, but I feel like with the people being scattered, like Mark uh, Matthew nine talks about uh, without a shepherd, so many mm. have just been like doubting, reassessing. Some have gone deeper into their faith. Some have withdrawn from their faith. Mm. Um, now, what would you say to somebody that says, Hey, I've been zooming my, my services. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm okay with zoom. I'm okay with watching my, my, my Christianity on TV. Again, I'm not knocking those things, but what's the difference in your mind outside churchianity? What would you say? Like, is that enough to just be connected on mm. zoom? Mm. Sure. It's a compliment to what we're doing, but is it enough to be having a, Having a, what would you call it? A virtual Christianity. Mm. How about about this? We've all been in love, right? 
every one of us, if we're listening to a podcast, we've been in love with someone. Was it better to talk to that person on the telephone for 20 or 30 minutes? Or was it better to go and see that person Mm. to be able to hold their hand or to eat with them, break bread with them, Mm. to take a walk with them, to be encouraged by the other person and to actually have interaction and have a relationship? How far can a relationship go through a Zoom with the body of Christ? I know there are times for it, but there's there's very very little intimacy through a Zoom. Like, I, I don't know that I'll ever... You know what I mean? Like, I just don't know that I'll ever do a podcast through Zoom because you're walking over each other and the sound is wonky and it's not a real intimate conversation with somebody. So I guess if, if you know, Donald Trump wanted to come on my podcast, I would do a Zoom if that's the only way I could get him. But if there's a way that I can get to somebody and do a real conversation, it's infinitely better than trying to do it through Zoom. So if I'm trying to have a relationship with the body of Christ and I'm trying to be encouraged by the word, I have to be there because there's an anointing in that place, mm. you know, where two or more are gathered, right? I don't know. The Zoom, is Zoom included in that verse? I don't, I don't see that in the Greek anywhere. <laughs> Maybe Z-U-M-I or something, but um, it's just Zoomy. Zoomy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just don't, I don't know. I just think that when you, when you have a, a love relationship with someone or something, yeah. you don't mail it in. You, you, you do whatever you have to, you know, it's like, it reminds me of that verse in song of Solomon, where the bridegroom came and knocked on the door and she's like, Oh, I'm, I'm in bed already. And you know, I don't, I don't want to get up yet. And she suddenly realized that's the lover of my soul coming to me. Mm. And she realized it too late. And when she got to the door, he was gone, but his fragrance was still there. Yeah. So what does she do? She's now chasing after him and going down the streets, the highways and the byways, asking people, have you seen the lover of my soul? I think that's where we are right now. Excellent. Yes. I think that's the church right now is now going out into the highways and the byways, seeking after the lover of their soul. And you can't do that through a Zoom meeting. I don't think. I don't think that's possible. No, I agree with you. I think it's a great tool, but it can't be everything. Sure. I think people need the face to face. They need the just thinking of where two or more are gathered then the presence of God is made more manifest. Mm. I mean, I think too, like, you know, churches will change maybe their dynamics. You know, I think fear and guilt, uh, all of the anxiety that our world is riddled with now um, has shaken people to the core. They're asking the real questions. Mm. Um, some, you know, what would you say to a, to a person that maybe is discouraged with their church. I, I talked to one brother, their church has been closed for a year and it doesn't look like they're going to reopen anytime soon. And I think people can have a, a latent anger towards that. What would you say to that person? That's like, Hey, uh, God's put a fire in me. I love my pastor. I love my church, but nothing's happening. Mm. What, what do I do? What Start a Bible study. Okay. Isn't that, I mean, if you're not getting what you need from your locality, whatever that is, but you know some people that are on fire as much as you are, start a Bible study and start seeking out maybe a church that's closed. I mean, if you've already gone to your pastor and you've had the discussion with him, which is what you should always do first, right? You right. go to them alone right. and you have the conversation. If they, if him and the elders have decided that they're just not going to reopen, then it's not a church, right? Sorry to say. The body of Christ is the church. So uh, it can be, you can meet under a tree. 
start a Bible study. Right. You don't yeah. have it. That's what they did in Africa. Many times they didn't have a church building to go to, but they had willing people who, who loved Christ to love the body and they met under trees, mm-hmm. you know, and if they got some cold water at the end of it and maybe a cookie or something, they were happy. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all they needed was the body and the word of God. Start a Bible study and start looking for another church or start your own. Mm-hmm. That's what Bible studies are. Isn't that what mm-hmm. that is? Mm-hmm. It's kind of the seed of a church. It's the seed of the body of Christ coming together in a new way. And then who knows what can grow out of that? Yeah. You might not be qualified as a pastor, but there's been plenty of people who barely knew anything about the Bible that just sat down with other people and read the Bible and learned together. Keep getting together with the body of Christ. It doesn't have to be a sanctioned building with sanctioned, you know, uh, hymnals and all that. It's like, Let's get together and let's talk about the blood of Christ. Mm. Let's talk about the finished work. Mm. Let's talk about what Christ did on the cross and see what God does. I think God is more impressed with that than all the other stuff. And I think that's why God's kind of shaking up the church, and at least in America. There was so much stuff involved that, that wasn't pleasing to God yeah. that he's okay with a bunch of this stuff just going away and, and, and disappearing because it wasn't really pleasing him necessarily. Mm-hmm. Get together and speak about Christ. Well, that's a great segue to what I really want to ask you. Like we see a, a, a tragic thing happening in our country. Uh, wokeism. Mm. I mean, it just makes me nauseous even saying the word. Um, I see a real divergence in the church where mm-hmm. people are, uh, catering to situational ethics and cultural uh, norms of the day mm. and tragically compromising the truth for, for people pleasing. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the name of your cast, Outside Church Churchianity, right? Outside yep. Churchianity. <laughs> I don't want to say outside Christianity because that's not what it is. <laughs> yeah, they're excommunicating me already. It's my <laughs> outside churchianity. And I think the tradition, I think young people are looking for traditions. Mm more than ever but what is it based in because there's such a radical agenda mm-hmm. where i'm going to have a gay flag outside my church or i'm going to have uh, alternative lifestyle leaders and we don't hate people of course we, not we are just like following the literal uh infallible word of god which shows us a different pattern yeah. so wokeism this liberal agenda that's anti-God, mm. literally. Mm. What would you say to somebody, uh, gr- you know, in a gracious way here, because you're a gracious guy, but how do we break the, kind of shake us out of this trance that, you know, people are just lost mm-hmm. in, you know, I am the problem, my color is the problem. Mm. And if you look at racism or color in the Bible, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's really not there. Bad, yeah. Like God is saying, each one, you know, I look at the heart, it doesn't matter where they came from sure. or all the body. What would you, how would you answer that? Well, I, one of the things that I would say is that is God absolute. What God says is absolute, right? Is there absolute truth or is everything just abstract? Mm. Can truth change? No, I don't think it can. I think in the last days, truth will fall on the streets. And I think we're starting to see that sort of thing. But the, yeah, this wokeism stuff, it's like, if you look at what's going on today, would it have been acceptable 20 years ago? No, I don't think so. So, you know, that's a pretty good gauge as to whether something should be done. If it wasn't okay 20 years ago, it shouldn't be okay today. 
And I think, who cares about the melanin in your skin? And 20 years ago, we weren't really talking about it. Now, all of a sudden, it's a big deal again. And I don't understand what that is. I mean, I, I do understand what that is. Sure. The devil is trying to split us apart. Yes. And, you know, where there is unity, God commands a blessing. If we can get, you know, intersectionality, and if we can get factions spread out all over this country, then the strongest country in the world becomes the weakest country in the world. Mm-hmm. And then we're no longer salt and light and we're not spreading the gospel and we're not sending missionaries out. I think every, every attack the devil has always starts with the church. And he thought that when he started this whole pandemic thing with closing down churches and closing everything down, that he would have victories against the church. And it turned into something else. Mm-hmm. The devil meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Now we have stronger churches today. They're willing to stand up against the government and say, you can't tell us that we can't serve God. Mm-hmm. And we're not going for that. Mm-hmm. That that pastor up in Canada that got arrested and was in jail for, what, 40 days or something like that? He's still there. Is he? Unbelievable, right? His hearing is in the third week of May, I believe. But he's a That's hero. Tragic. He's a hero yeah. of the faith. Yeah, He's a hero today because he's not willing to go with the wokeisms. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not going with any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to do it. If you're offended by my presence or the lack of my mask, there are plenty of places out there that you can find that will follow all of those rules. But those rules are so fluid, they change every day. I can't keep up with them. Sure. So I have no desire to live up to any of that stuff. Use common sense. Use wisdom. The Holy Spirit, if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, will lead you to do what you should do. That's who you listen to. I stand or fall before God. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to bow. I will not bow like Mordecai, right? Mordecai spirit. Yes, sir. <laughs> we got it in there. You know, uh, I think the devil wants to divide and conquer. Like For said. sure. Now, uh, just as we close, do you remember Y2K? Remember sure. The year People were freaking out. Where Storing were, up where water. Where were you in Y2K? Like, where were you? Uh, Frankfurt and Bel Air Road in an apartment above the Bank of America. Okay. And we had our shotgun and our, uh, you know, fireworks. and. Water and, but it was amazing how it was a manufactured thing, sure. wasn't it? Yeah, it was fear and trepidation over something that did not exist yet. Think and about when, that. And when it, when it transpired into the year two thousand, I mean, I'm sure there was relief. I'm sure because the manufactured fear, sure, the unknown. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was in the Ukraine at that time. Okay, and I, I think we bought a refrigerator. That was our major pur- purchase. Wow. And we just started storing food because they said that Ukraine would be the worst place to be on the earth because all the nuclear reactors. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Chernobyl, all that stuff. So we couldn't get out of the country. Everything was closed. So we're like, hey, but we didn't really, we we just kept doing what we were doing. We, like Paul said, we revenge disobedience with obedience. obedience, I think today, like we can get wrapped up in all these agendas and get all fired up and hate that person rail that person and one of the tragedies in this time of the pandemic that i've seen is churches swallow other churches they criticize Mm. and condemn and that shouldn't be that's the another faction the fractioning Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. what the devil wants but um maybe in the last few minutes here john what would you say to people uh just about outside churchianity like what what is it that they should be focused with as we enter the spring and summer? Is is the church valuable? You know what is what is our what is our purpose as the church is our survival. It's that simple. 
outside of the church, you're in big trouble. You, there's no purpose really in your life. Even if you leave the church and you go into the mission field by yourself, you're going to have church at some point, aren't you? Mm. You're going to end up with people that you've witnessed to. They've gotten saved and you're meeting together and you're eating and you're talking about God. That's church. Church just happens when the Holy Spirit is in you and you get around other people who have the Holy Spirit. Mm. It's not something we put on. It's a, it's a part of us. It's our life. Mm. And I think going forward, I think, honestly, what, what is the greatest commandment? You know, to love your God and to love your neighbor and to love your enemy. I mean, that's, that's what my podcast is about. It's, it's, it's not complicating anything. Yeah. It's getting back to the basics of just finding Christ, loving your neighbor, you know, getting rid of all the fluff and the fog machines and the laser lights. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the 74 piece band. And all the hooting and hollering and, and, and speaking in tongues and all this crazy stuff that took over in the church for so long. And to just get back to loving your neighbor, loving your God, That's reaching huge. the lost. It's just that simple. Yeah, I'm sure you played sports in your younger days. It's like, what do you do? You master the basics. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, if your footwork is bad, it doesn't matter what else you can do. I don't care how far you can throw the ball. If your footwork's terrible, you're not going to have near the effectiveness when you throw the ball. But if your toes are pointed in the right direction, you're going to do way better when you throw the ball. I want my toy, my toes pointed at the cross. And your toys. And my toes. <laughs> and my toys. I don't have that many toys anymore. But, but if my toes are pointed at the cross, then I'm heading in the right direction, aren't I? Yes, but if they're pointed towards something else in this world, focused on COVID, focused on the government, focused on my job, I'm, I'm missing the point. I am focused on the cross and the finished work and the love of Christ for the people that I see every day mm -hmm. the, you know, it, it's very rare. Like I see a thousand smiles a day. None of them stop me every once in a while. There's someone out there that God just says, that's the one you have to talk to today. Mm -hmm. Right? Like you see hundreds of people every day, but every once in a while, there's that one that God really wants you to speak to be open to that. Be open to the Holy Spirit's leading. Speak to that person. I, it happens for me at the gas station all the time. I'm sitting there, I'm pumping gas, and I'm seeing this poor woman over here with five or six kids in the car, and she's rifling through trying to get her change just to put enough gas in the car to get home. And God is like, that's the one. Go get her. And I give her a track, and I put some gas in her tank to make sure she can get home. And I I'd laugh with the kids, and I have fun. And then she ends up finding a church a couple of weeks later. Mm. It might not be my church because she might live too far away from my church, but that's what we should be about. Yeah. That's what Christ did. He went and found the woman at the well, at the well on the other side of town. He, he, you know, he, he sought people out. And I think that's what we, we lack. The devil doesn't want us loving other people. Mm -hmm. And if he can get us afraid of everybody and putting a mask on and, and covering ourselves and, and not getting too close. What's this six foot social distancing thing? That's yeah. insidious to me. Yeah. That we can't embrace each other and to love each other and to shake hands. Just a normal handshake is now weird to some people, right? Yeah. And, and that goes against love, in my opinion. And we have to get out of this be before it hardens our hearts and, and love waxes cold. Because that's what's coming down the road for us if we don't get after it and if we don't seek out love first yeah that's definitely outside the norm like you know, if you want to be a compliant good citizen sure. like that's the big mantra today be a good citizen mm -hmm. and do xyz there's this whole 
like compliance. And, and, and I agree we should be all things to all men, but so by all means we win some, but our mission as a church should not be restricted based on fear, based on another person's uh, uh, opinion. But um, just as we close here, and so it's outside churchianity.us. That's right? right, yeah. And it's a great cast. It's thought-provoking. It's biblically centered, very relevant outside churchianity.us. John, it's been great having you today. I love it. Love your spirit and uh, love your encouragement on my cast here as well. And I'd love to have you again. I would love to be here. Thank you. Okay. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.